Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. Not only is Bluehost Cloud our fastest web hosting available, but it's also built for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, this is Jason Greenblatt on The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek. Today, I was pleased to interview Mayor Zdenek Harib. He is the mayor of Prague in the Czech Republic. We discussed Prague's sister city relationship with Beijing, or I should say, no longer a sister city relationship with Beijing. We discussed his thoughts on China's influence in Prague, in the Czech Republic, and elsewhere. We discussed what happened at the Marriott Prague when the World Uyghur Conference wanted to hold its conference there. We discussed whether or not Prague is now open for business in light of COVID-19, and so much more. Take a listen. I think you'll find it informative and interesting. I'm Jason Greenblatt. This is The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek. So pleased today to be with Mayor Zdenek Karib, who is the mayor of Prague. Prague is a, a beautiful city. I've been there a few times, both on vacation as well as for various conferences. In fact, one of the questions later on in the show will be talking about a hotel that I stayed at. And uh, Mr. Mayor, I, I really appreciate you joining me. Well, thank you for inviting me for your podcast. Let's start with you talking about the former sister city relationship that Prague had with Beijing and what caused the sister city relationship to end. Well, we have this uh, sister sister ship city agreement with uh, Beijing and also Shanghai in Prague since, I guess, 2016. It was uh, signed at the day when the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, visited Prague. And we had, at that time, a lot of objections against this. We were an opposition party. So at the moment, we took over the, the city hall in 2018, we decided to correct the errors of our predecessors. And uh, the problem was that they decided to accept this article number three in the sistership agreement. And this article number three was about one China policy. And from the perspective of the foreign uh, relationships on the level of the cities, such an article has no place in the sistership or other friendship agreements between two cities as it's a matter of the national politics. So we asked the Chinese counterpart for the removal of this article number three, but they uh, they start they started to bully our orchestras, and eventually they started to ignore us. So in the end, we decided to 
end the agreement to cancel it uh, after all. But as this is a two-level uh, process in here in Prague, uh, at first it has to be approved on the level of the city council and then on the level of the city assembly. Uh, they cancelled it actually uh, from the Chinese side in between those two levels. So right now we do not have a sistership agreement uh, with Beijing nor Shanghai, and we instead decided to upgrade our relationship with Taipei in Taiwan. We had a relationship agreement with uh, Taipei since 2001, but it was rather not that much active. So we decided to upgrade our relationship to a new level. And I believe that this was a good step for Prague because Taipei is a much better partner. It's much more reliable. Uh, it's uh, not putting politics into everything. We can do projects that are mutually beneficial and uh, most of all, they treat us with respect. And these are basically the things that we are looking for in our foreign relationships. One of the things I learned well working at the White House for three years is that politics can really mess up progress. So uh, good for you for taking a stand. Did the Czech president agree with your approach on this? Well, uh, no, he did not. But uh, I spoke about this with, uh, that, uh, with the Minister of Foreign Affairs at that time. And we both agreed that these uh, relationships between two cities are the sole um, responsibility of the cities. So actually, they do not have uh, any right or competency to forbid that or influence that anyway. And the Czech Republic has had sort of an on and off relationship with China over the years. Where did it start? I guess it, they wanted, the Czech Republic wanted to be China's gateway to Europe. That's probably where it started. Where, where do you think it is today? Well, uh, this relationship was, has, a, I would say, a long way that is behind us. Because since 1989, since the Velvet Revolution, the speaking out against human rights violations in China was part of the official Czech policy towards China. However, this changed approximately in 2012 or 2013, when the government and also the president started to pursue an approach purely based on economic interests. However, uh, the point was that there was a huge promise of uh, investments from the Chinese side in Czech Republic. However, over the years, this turned out to be not true because only a fraction of these uh, promises uh, was fulfilled and uh, it was not an investment. It, it, it were merely an acquisition of already uh, existing companies like breweries or sports clubs. It was not investment creating new jobs or transferring any valuable know-how. So this actually proved that the Chinese are not a reliable business partners. And uh, this 
and there were like many many promises for example a promise of uh, panda for the um, zoo in prague and so on which were never never actually fulfilled the marriott hotel in prague this is the hotel that i've stayed in several times refused to host the world uyghur conference because of what they called political neutrality you attended the conference and tweeted a really important tweet I hear that China is unhappy about this conference being held here in Prague. Well, I'm unhappy there's a country in 2021 that has concentration camps. Very direct, very clear, right? What was Mm -hmm. your experience at the conference? What did you learn there? Well, I had the opportunity to spoke at this conference. Uh, It was hosted in Prague under my patronage. And um, actually part of this general assembly was held in the Lord Mayor residence. I actually hosted part of this event. And I also spoke at the conference alongside with other political representatives like MPs or um, members of European Parliament and activists from UK, US, Belgium, Canada, France. And uh, well, I spoke mainly about the necessity to speak up against violations of human rights in China and about the necessity not to be servile towards China and how this applies even to the municipal level. Because, for example, uh, regarding this uh, negotiation about this Article Number 3 in the Sister City uh, Agreement, or later we had uh, received a lot of threats from China uh, that this is going to be very hard for us and so on. And we had heard the feelings of the Chinese people and, uh, and so on. And in the end, the net result of these threats was that some Chinese company refused to buy 11 pianos uh, as uh, from the already uh, signed contract and these pianos were eventually bought by a sponsor of cultural events here in Prague and they were donated to the schools so actually uh, I think that the influence, mainly the economical influence of China, specifically in Central and Eastern Europe, is uh, very, very overrated. So that was the first point I had uh, spoke about on the conference. And after that conference, I had the privilege to meet Uyghur survivors from the Xinjiang concentration camps. And I was horrified to hear what they had experienced. So I would like to use this opportunity to call on the international community to work towards ending these concentration camps, the forced labor, the Uyghur genocide, and forced organ harvesting. You know, I released a podcast about the Beijing Winter Olympics, in particular about the Uyghurs. Um, I don't think people are paying attention to it. I don't, you know, they're paying a little bit of attention because of the Olympics, but Good for you that you're calling it out and, and concentrating people on this on this important issue. What did the Marriott corporate headquarters do, if anything, when the hotel refused to host the conference? Well, they said it's for the sake of political neutrality, but in fact, if you look at the history 
of the actions of Marriott Hotel, uh, you will see that it was not the first incident in this area. And I really condemn this approach because seriously, concentration camps in the Xinjiang uh, region, as well as the forced labor, the forced sterilization and torture have no place in civilized society and neither as turning a blind eye to these atrocities. Uh, well, the top management of Marriott Hotel apologized for this afterwards, but as I have said, if you look at the history, if you Google for that, uh, the, the history of uh, the incidents related to the Marriott Hotel and related to China, you will see a, quite a different picture. So what would your advice be to business leaders and political leaders who are under pressure from China? Uh, you've obviously been able to withstand that. You've been at the forefront of this. What do you tell these people what they should really think about when they make their decisions? Well, uh, I think that, well, sometimes they think that they can be servile towards the Chinese regime and they will won some something like they will gain something out of it but actually it's not gonna happen and of course it's a conflict with the devil so we could actually lose on the other side in the democratic world and if you are for example a company that uh, is manufacturing something by giving out the manufacturing capacities to china uh, you obviously are risking the fact that they will simply copy your know-how and eventually get simply rid of you. And you could see many examples of this uh, intellectual property disputes or, or similar things when, uh, for example, I think the case of, uh, of these... Uh, these uh, things when the innovations are uh, in this involved somehow there are many cases when this scenario had repeated so this is something that you should have in mind when doing the business with china it's simply not a reliable business partner and has China threatened beyond the pianos to disrupt tourism from China? I, I'm not sure if they realize how popular a city Prague is. I mean, I was in there both in the winter and the summer, and it's amazingly crowded. Have they threatened to disrupt tourism, and does that concern you at all, or the crowds are so great yeah. anyway that it doesn't matter? Well, yeah, there were threats also like this. Uh, however, with this COVID pandemic, it's definitely hard to evaluate that because uh, there was a huge decrease in tourism overall. And uh, yes, you could say it's because of the China due to the origin of the virus, which is a Chinese origin. However, uh, the problem at that time, the problem of Prague tourism at that time was that we were we had a lot of problems with this over tourism and if if theoretically if there would be 
simply no Chinese tourists in Prague at that time, which was 2019, if we would get uh, lost all the Chinese tourists at that time, it would mean that this uh, tourist level would drop to the levels of 2017, which is seriously not at that huge loss. Uh, because Prague would be still overcrowded with tourists. Um, however, of course, the COVID-19 was a huge game changer in tourism. So right now, uh, of course, uh, it's a completely different story. However, uh, seriously, I don't think that this could damage Prague at all. Are there other Eastern European cities or countries that are taking a stand for or against China? Well, there are definitely others. Uh, well, for example, Lithuania is one of the examples. And uh, well, I'm looking at this as a, as a process because in the year 2019, when we traveled to Taipei with a delegation from Prague, it was merely a delegation of uh, one city and one political party. And uh, several months after this, our president of the Senate, the Czech Senate, decided to travel to Taiwan as well. I was part of the delegation, and it was a delegation that no more consisted of a single party and single city. It was, uh, there were multiple senators from uh, the constituencies all over the country and many, many parties involved. So many political parties involved. So, uh, and I think that this could inspire also someone in the future. So I am happy that we had sort of started this. And you uh, spent time as a medical intern in Taiwan. How did that help shape your views to learn more about this issue? Well, the decision about this sisters' cities agreement was an unanimous decision of the city council. So it was not just my decision. And uh, as I have said, we have criticized this already uh, in the year 2016. However, yes, I have visited uh, Taiwan before that. And uh, yes, I have to say it is one of my favorite Asian countries. And if you would have to decide where to go for holidays, I would definitely recommend you to put Taiwan on the list. So yes, uh, the reason why I choose Taiwan at that time was because I was focused on the radiology uh, specialty. And uh, the fact is that Taiwan uh, is a very, very technologically advanced country. So I decided to go to Taiwan to uh, be in touch with the latest technology which, uh, well, these expectations were fulfilled. And you spoke out about a journalist from Belarus who was imprisoned a few months ago. Could you tell us about that and, and what's happening with this journalist? 
Well, yes, uh, the problem with uh, Belarusian is, uh, is a huge problem. I have just signed a letter to, uh, this is a part of the Amnesty International effort of uh, sending the support letters uh, to, support, uh, to support the victims of the Belarusian regime. A few months ago, I sent a letter to the Belarusian journalists. Now I have signed a letter for the Belarusian teenager who actually went around a demonstration. He uh, ran from it and then he was arrested and tortured by the Belarusian police. And now he is uh, sentenced to five years in uh, in a prison. So at when the when this Belarusian events had started, it reminded us the events from Prague from 1989, the Velvet Revolution. So we had put uh, the historic Belarusian flag, the red and white one on our city hall and we suppose that it will have a rather a shorter duration that it will take days or maybe weeks for the freedom and democracy to win in belarus however the fact is that this had not happened and the belarusian flag is still flying on the Prague City Hall. So some people were not that lucky as we were in 1989. And we remember that and we're trying to support them in a way we can. We had also assigned uh, a few flats for the Belarusian dissidents in cooperation with the Ministry uh, of Interior Affairs here in Prague, because they are in charge of the asylum politics. So that is also a sort of practical aspect of our support towards Belarusian people. I understand you're going to be running again for municipal elections. What are some of your priorities for Prague? I believe that the 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 problems of prague are in many ways similar to other european cities basically uh there are let's say three main areas the first one it's transportation uh, it's not just about the investments into the transport infrastructure like new metro line or the road belt or the tram lines and so on. It's also about using uh, innovations and new modern technologies in transportation like artificial intelligence and sensors to optimize the traffic in the city. Uh, the, second, uh, the second area is the area of uh, ecology. It's uh, about the climate plan that we had approved recently in Prague. It's basically 69 specific measures, mostly investments into modern technologies using the money from European funds uh, to make the life 
in Prague uh, easier through the cleaner environment and also cheaper uh, because the modern technologies could save money both for the city budget and for the uh, for the people living in Prague. And uh, the last thing is about the uh, costs of uh, housing in Prague. That's a huge problem here in Prague and also in other European cities. And uh, this uh, needs a mix of tools we need to implement to deal with this problem. So that is basically the three main topics uh, that we need to solve here in Prague. We spoke about COVID a little bit earlier in the conversation. Just so my listeners know, is Prague open for business now and tourism? What can tourists expect when they travel in the next few months? As best as you could predict in this unpredictable world of COVID. <laughs> yes, it's very hard to predict uh, anything. Uh, that's for sure. The numbers are quite good at uh, this time but so we expect the omicron uh, to hit in, in a few next days but uh, according to the preliminary studies it should take just uh, a few weeks to overcome so uh, the healthcare in prague is very robust actually because uh, in our city we had uh, a lot of hospitals that serve up to actually uh, 5 million people, not just from Prague, but also from other regions around. So um, this is handled very well. And we have also a plenty of opportunities for testing. So, uh, well, basically, if you will travel to Prague, you could expect uh, very similar measures as in our uh, as in other European countries, uh, of course, you should be vaccinated. That will ease your situation a lot. And uh, there are cultural events still happening in Prague. The pubs are open, although there are some restrictions like the number of people at one table and so on. And you have to prove that you are either vaccinated or you have uh, been uh, you have contracted COVID in the previous months so uh, definitely um, although maybe you could find a better time to visit Prague than exactly January 2022, and definitely Prague is welcoming all tourists. Great. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Mayor, for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for your invitation, and bye. Hi, it's Jason Greenblatt on The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Mayor Zdenek Karib, the mayor of Prague in the Czech Republic. We covered a lot of ground, certainly a lot of China, as you heard. China's influence in Eastern Europe, in Prague in particular. We discussed Belarus. We had a pretty candid conversation. We discussed his run for re-election. I hope you found it interesting and informative. And if you did, please do share it and my other podcasts with your friends, family, and colleagues. You can listen to The Diplomat on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
We had a great run in 2021. We have so many amazing guests coming up in 2022. Do listen, do follow, do share. Scroll back if you missed any episodes and listen to them. Do follow me on Twitter at GreenblattJD. And do go to Amazon and pre-order my book in the Path of Abraham. If you go to Amazon and search my name, Jason Greenblatt, or in the Path of Abraham, you will find it. Learn how Donald Trump made peace in the Middle East. Learn about Israel, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Jordan, Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and more. I'm Jason Greenblatt. This is The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek.